In this episode of Board Game Impact, start your engines because we're going to be talking about Downforce. Welcome back to another episode of Board Game Impact. As always, this is Bruce Brown. And if you're new to Board Game Impact, we share our passion for this wonderful board game hobby through our educational lenses. So I teach full-time uh, at a university and I'm also finishing a PhD. Just got some extra notification from the university on very good status for that. Um, so we're taking those educational lenses and breaking down the gaming experiences that we're having for your benefit and your gaming group's benefit. And so if that sounds like something cool to you, make sure to hit subscribe and whatever podcast platform or live streaming service that you're watching this on. May it be Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, or the podcast, um, whichever whichever is your fancy or your flavor. And if you ever want to participate with these live, we've actually been streaming the recordings live, which has been so cool to get this like live interaction um, and be able to do this because we have all the equipment. And so why not engage even in a better sense? Um, but with that, I actually have some really, 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 really exciting and thankful and humbled news to share. And that is thanks to you. Thanks to you. We have now surpassed 9,000 downloads of the podcast. Um, so we are now, this is episode 62, and I cannot believe that I am sharing with you that we have over 9,000 downloads of the podcast out there in the world. Um, literally, when I look at the map on our stats, because we do get stats through our hosting service, literally y'all are all around the world. And I'm just very thankful. And I know Josh is very thankful. Josh is studying for an upcoming exam that he's got going on. Um, but we're both extremely thankful and humbled because literally we're doing this to benefit this wonderful hobby. Um, and to be able to say that we've now done that thousands and thousands of times, um, um, and that just keeps growing with every episode. It's absolutely outstanding. So I just want to say thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Thank you uh, for making this possible. And we look forward to doing even more. Um, so make sure to tell some friends because obviously there's individuals that this is having a positive impact on. So please share it widely and make sure to rate it in, in your podcast, app, podcast platforms. Um, so with that, um, before we get into today's show all about downforce, I have two other updates for you. And the first of which is I'd like to tell you how you can win some games. Um, so Tabletop Alliance is a nonprofit that both Josh and I work with. Um, we both volunteer for it. It's a 100% volunteer run nonprofit um, that benefits students in schools, librarians, and community programs to further the use of games. So we've been sending out games to schools, libraries, community programs for the last two years. And in that time, we've impacted more than 8,700 students across the US. And I keep getting more requests too, which is really cool. But we need people's help. And so uh, in order to get more equipment to send stuff out. And so we're actually running our annual fundraiser. It's live now through October 30th of 2022. Um, so you can go to go.rallyup.com slash Tabletop Alliance 2022. So that's go.rallyup.com slash Tabletop Alliance 2022. That link is in the show notes for this episode and will be posted all, it's posted all over our social media. So you can go there and we have raffles. We're giving away things like Arc Nova, Wingspan, Lord of the Rings, uh, Black Rose Wars, uh, Parks, many, many others. Uh, we've got 
so many cool collaborations coming in from different game designers and publishers and developers. It's just, we're very thankful for it. And we've also got some more prizes that are going to be coming, including some game night coffee bundles from Many Worlds Tavern, who's been a wonderful uh, supporter in the nonprofit. If you actually want to take a more engaging role, you can actually go to the website and sign up to be part of the Gameathon, uh, which is where you can pledge to play games. Um, and for each game you play between the starting of this campaign and then October 30th uh, and games that you log, you can get pledges from friends and family, let's say a dollar per game that you play, and then you'll log your plays and you'll make an impact just by doing this thing you love so much and knowing that it's going to be benefiting students because we're a volunteer run nonprofit. And so all the things benefit the nonprofit. Um, so it's really, really cool that we're able to do that. And then by achieving different things there, you can also get more raffle tickets and entries uh, to win things yourself, which is just cool. And we're very thankful to be able to do that. Um, so we're just really excited for that. And we also thought it'd be a cool way for you to play games with us because we're going to be playing a lot of games, uh, especially in a month from now. So the height of the campaign, October 14th through 30th, we're going to be doing all sorts of live streams, all sorts of playing games online as well as in person. Uh, and so it's just going to be really cool. And I'm really excited for the experience and to be having it with you. So if you'd like to go win some free games, um, go to go.rallyup.com slash Tabletop Alliance 2022. Again, that is going to be in the show notes for this podcast episode. And it's posted all over our social media. Um, Lastly, I'd like to tell you about what's coming up for the next episodes. Uh, so on Monday, uh, this upcoming Monday, uh, Josh and I are going to be recording, going over his new trip that he's going to be doing to the World Series of Board Gaming in Las Vegas. Um, so we're going to be doing a before and after for this. So we're going to ask Josh all about how he's been prepping for the World Series of Board Gaming in Vegas and then what it was like when he gets back. And so if you're not familiar with the World Series of Board Gaming, um, there's over $40,000 in cash prizes. And it's Vegas, y'all. So like, of course, it's kind of like a poker thing, but it's board games. And so you, Josh was able to pick uh, and sign up for different entry games. Um, so he chose to do two different games. I'm not going to spoil what those are yet. And he'll play that game about six different times. And then the winners of each of those brackets then gets to play into the finals. And so by entering in two different ones, he had two different sets of entries. He has two potential paths up to the top um, with the person who wins all this getting $25,000, the kind of bracelet, that kinds of stuff, very much like World Series of Poker. Um, and so it's going to be cool to do a before and after recording, kind of ask like Josh how he's been prepping for this, especially with his exams right now. Um, but I know that you are with me and just wishing him luck. Regardless, we just want him to have fun. And so we know it's going to be a blast and we look forward to hearing all about it as we uh, move forward. So definitely be wanting to tune in for those episodes as they're coming up. Um, so with that, let's actually now jump right in to uh, right in after a couple minutes, I guess, um, to our deep dive into downforce, which if you're watching this live or watching the video later, you're seeing me hold downforce this fun, very fun game. Spoiler alert. Uh, so it's downforce by restoration games, the game of high stakes speed by Wolfgang Kramer. So Downforce, and I'm going to read the description from the publisher, is a card-driven bidding, racing, and betting game for two to, four, uh, two to six players based on Top Race, an award-winning design by legendary designer Wolfgang Kramer. 
Players first bid to own one of the six cars for the race. Then they'll play cards from their hand uh, to speed them around the track. However, most cards will also move their opponents. So figuring out just the right time to play a card is the key to victory. Along the way, players will make secret bets on who they think will win the race. Whoever has the most money from the prize money, winning bets, and remaining bank wins. So very much, it's, you're going to be racing cars around a track by playing cards after you have bought those cars to begin with. Uh, so this is very much, let's play some cards, vroom, vroom around the track, y'all. Um, <laughs> and um, so let's get into kind of how the nuance of how this kind of about the game, the win conditions, how to play, those kind of things. And then we'll get into the table presence, all that fun stuff like we usually do. So table present, uh, the, about the game, we're starting there. Win conditions is to have the most money. There is no money handed out, by the way. It's just a calculation at the end. By bringing in the most money through your bets that you're going to make throughout the different, throughout the game. Now you can't like put money on the line, say $10 for all green no, it doesn't work like that. You're going to simply make a choice at three different points in the game of who you think is going to win. And then depending on where your car also finishes, you'll get points for that. By points, I mean money. And then you'll subtract the price that you bought the car at. And we'll explain how all that works in a second. So once you do that little calculation, then you might be the winner of the race, um, or at least that race. And we'll talk about how you can play it a couple different ways. Um, so how you actually play this works in two phases. One, Get cars and drivers to race. Simple. Two things. Get a car and a driver, and then you go all go race. So getting cars and drivers starts with um, the car that we put in the pole position, which as somebody who grew up watching NASCAR and going to some different races and things growing up outside of New York, uh, the pole position is that first starting spot. And so you're going to randomly determine which cars are going to be in which order by you have like a little deck of cards of essentially that color car. Um, and so it's determined randomly. And then players will bid cards from their hand to buy that card, the car for them, for themselves. Whoever plays the highest value will then win that car. Um, and then each car also comes with a randomly determined skill, or just call that essentially the driver skill. Um, this is typically has a mechanic that, fiddles with the rules a little bit. So it's like a little bonus that that car has versus all the other ones. So it makes them slightly different. I've also seen players play without that and just have a straight on race. Um, but what's really cool is then once you have all those cars there and you write down what you bought your car for, all once all the cars are out there to the world and every player has at least one car, because if you're playing with less than six players, some people might have two. And then we'll also have to make the choice of which of the two skills they're going to stick with because I can only have one skill as a driver. Um, but once everybody has a car and the cars are all arranged, then starting with the first player, the person who got that pole position car, will go round and round and round playing one card out of their hand at a time. And on these cards, there's speed cards. And on them, there's typically multiple between two and up to all six colors of cars with varying speeds or number of spaces around the board that they're going to move. And so you'll play a card and it's probably going to move a couple cars, might be your cars, might be other people's cars, but it's going to move some cars and you get to move those cars around the track, which is really cool. So you play the card and you go execute from top 
It's fastest, the slowest, typically. And also, in your deck, when you get a car, you get a card that has a speed of eight. So it's a card that looks like all the other cards, but it's just for your car that has a speed of eight. That is the fastest card in the game. But here's the fun thing about all of this. One of the many fun things. Cars are going to be going behind and in front of all different sorts of cars. And so at some points, there might be a really narrow part of the track. And somebody just played now plays their speed card. And guess what? They can only move five spaces of that eight that they want to because there's a car blocking the path. That's how that works. You don't push them forward or anything. You go as far as you can until you can't up to the limit of that card um, and out the speed that it says for that. So you can really have some cool, almost like a little area control of kind of leveraging your position to then block out or other cars positions to block out other players. Um, so that's just a really cool different thing around the track. There's also these three yellow lines equally spaced out. Those are what's called the betting line. Each time those lines are crossed for the first time, not by each car, but in total, once, once a line is crossed, you finish executing that card and then the game pauses for the betting round. And this is a v most simple thing ever. I'm actually gonna grab the score pad and show this on camera. Uh, but all you would do is actually fill in, put a little X in the column and the, and the row for which car you think is going to finish in the top essentially three spaces of the race by that point. So about a third of the way in, you're going to pick what car you think will place in the top three. Now, of course, if it wins the race, it's gonna get the most points. So that's obviously the one you want to try and predict. But races are races, right? Things can happen. Um, other cars can overtake other cars. So you don't really know. And for that reason, you are rewarded by having higher points for betting that early. What, and then I said there's three of these lines. So when once the second line is crossed, you finish executing that card and you're going to place a second bet. You're going to mark one box in the column that says bet number two. And then you'll get a different amount of points for that car. It can be the same car if you're really doubling down. Or maybe you want to diversify what might be in the top three. And then you guessed it. That happens one more time. And then all the cars will start to finish the race. As cars cross the finish line, they'll be put into the next spot in the winner's track between one and six. Um, and once a player's cars, once all their cars are crossing the finish line, they can no longer play cards. So the game will continue until all cars have either A, crossed the finish line, or B, the remaining players with cards, with, with cars, cannot play cards. And that's it. You just have a fun little race. You're going around, you're playing one card at a time. So this game can go very fast and it's very, 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 very fun. So here's some interesting notes about that gameplay though. You might not want your car to win. Now this site might seem very weird, but if you think about it, it makes sense. Now, of course, if your car wins, that's gonna be the best situation for some of your points because you will get points for how your car finishes. But let's say in those betting lines, you've actually chosen to not bet on your car. Yeah, you don't have to. And so with that, you can actually bet on other cars. 
And then all of a sudden, you might have the red car being like, ooh, I want this green car to win. Because guess what? If it comes in first, I've bet on it all three times, I'm going to end up with 18 points. And you know what? I'm okay if I only get nine points instead of 12 by finishing second. So you might want another car to win because it's who you've been betting on. That's just like fascinating in a game that you can own something, quote unquote, but then want it to not necessarily win because you've made other bets throughout the game. So you can diversify your portfolio. Now, obviously, if you buy your car for very cheap and you bet on it every time and it wins the entire race, that is the way that you can get the most points in the game. I do want to make that clear. But odds of that always happening, kind of low. And it is a bet in secret, so other players will not know what you've bet on. But odds are kind of low that you're going to get to do that. So um, you just have to make your choice of what you want to do. So you also might want to buy a car that you have minimal speed for. Um, And so what I mean by this is you might have a hand of cards. And let's say, let's say it's hearts. Let's just use an analogy of like hearts, spades, diamonds, and clubs, like regular playing cards. Let's say the car is represented by hearts, for example. If I have all the hearts in my hand, I might be like, ooh, I have the hearts. I can control the destiny of this car. However, if you're playing at larger player accounts, you're going to go, and then it's going to be five more players that go again, and then you're going to go. So that's a problem because five more things will happen before you get to play another card because each car has an equal distribution of cards in the of powers, not powers, but speed in the game. So therefore, you're trying to balance cars that you have the power to move and ones that you don't because it might behoove you to actually think through you know what, I only have like two cards for this actual car, but I'm going to try and buy it because A, those the speeds are kind of cheap and I can get it on the cheap, but that means that other players actually have that speed card. And so therefore, there's higher might be a higher likelihood unless they all happen to get stuck with one person, right? That five other people might be playing your car's speed. So it's like some of the something to think about of like trying to read the room of do I think uh, like one other player has all of my cards for my car or do I think they're like distributed throughout the group or do I happen to have all of them and do I want to have all of them? So it's this fun little mental game of hmm, what card do I want? What card do I want to try and get because of this fun little situation? Um, so in terms of the table presence and the components, the board is very vibrant. It's very clean. It's very easy to read and decipher kind of what's going on. Um, the colors really pop. They're pretty vivid. Um, it's a simp- The components itself, though, it's a simple deck of cards and then these bright plastic racing cars. So it cannot be simpler, and but it really stands out because it's like, oh, what are y'all doing? You have a group of five people or six people gathered around the table all looking at these cars racing around like that's just going to attract other people to be like, Ooh, what's going on over there? So it's, that's pretty cool. And thankfully the wheels on these cars do not spin. So they're not like a hot wheels car where they'll keep driving around. Um, they will actually just stay where you put them. 
Now, other people will make modifications to the cars they have by adding in other cars. And typically what people do is then hot glue or super glue the wheels in place. And I'll talk about why you might want to do that towards the end of this episode. The impact of this game. Uh, first of all, that table presence, it's going to draw some positive attention. It has each player typically moving other players' cars as well. And so there's some nice interaction and you're invested in kind of what's going on and what's getting played to see how your car is performing at a given time. Um, But what it brought out in other players is, honestly, I couldn't resist making like car screeching, like like going around the turns. I did not want to make the full noise, y'all. Or like vroom, like uh, when you go over like a jump with some of the expansions that I'll talk about or like going down a straightaway. So it definitely brought out the kid at heart kind of moments. It does tend to draw a crowd when you're playing this in person in a fun way because it's like it plays quick um, and it's just going to be fun because it's also just kind of cool. Um, what it also can bring out though, is thinking through and trying some, I've seen some players though, when you have the cards in front of you trying to figure out, okay, what's mathematically going to move the best situation, but here's the deal. Everybody else has cards too. The board state's going to change a lot. So you can't necessarily math that out. Um, and so it's really just like a heart of the cards kind of game. But if you have, if you are someone or know someone who can, really focus in and want to think think through every single card, um, we might want to look at some of the variations of play um, to really bring out the kind of the lighthearted spirit of this game. Uh, so how this game can fit into teaching other games or where it fits as like a gateway or mechanics, um, I'm going to actually refer to Game Release Review um, from Everything Board Games. Um, this was posted on Board Game Geek. And they commented, while others may choose Ticket to Ride, which served as my own reintroduction to games many years ago, or Settlers of Catan, now Catan, I am always one to go against the trends and swim against the current, and therefore I pick actually Downforce to introduce many new gamers. And I agree with that. I do think Downforce is a game that is absolutely approachable to new gamers who who didn't necessarily know that games could do these things, right? So a gamer who maybe has only played checkers and Monopoly, right? Might not know that you can mimic some real world things through a game and the mechanics. Now, this is obviously you're not shifting the car and really looking at some more of the complex type of things of being a race car driver, nor the logistics of getting to the track, which always fascinates me on as an aside. Um, you'd be more looking at like Kanban and you'd be looking at uh, Formula Day for those kind of games that are kind of more like shifting or really looking at the production of a car. Um, so the shifting and stuff would be more formula day and then the production of a car would be more Kanban. Um, but this is just a nice lighthearted, let's just go race cars. Let's just go race cars. Some, some other things of note, it has a phenomenal board game arena implementation. I have played that implementation so many times. Um, so we've played it five player, we've streamed playing it, we've done all those things. It's just a really cool implementation uh, and it works well. One of my favorite parts of it is when I talked earlier about how like parts of the track can get narrow or cars can block other cars based on some things happening. When that happens in the board game arena it, it version and a car doesn't get to move as far as it was it could have because of cars blocking it. it actually has a pop up with like 
like different emojis to represent like a, a driver kind of flipping out, um, which is just like beautifully funny um, that it does that. It's like humph and like with some emojis because it's the driver is frustrated. And so it's just kind of cool that they added in those little um, little aesthetic touches to really make the experience that much better. Um, so I highly recommend checking this game out on Board Game Arena if you have a Board Game Arena account or you have a friend who has a premium account so that way you can play all the games. And if you're doing that, send me a message because I'd be totally down to play. Um, uh, Downforce also has two expansions. It has the Danger Circuit, which added in new tracks and driver skills. So what's nice is the base game has this really high-density cardboard board, but it's actually double-sided. So you have two maps in the base game. And then this expansion, the Danger Circuit, actually comes with another one of those double-sided thick cardboard um, boards with two more maps and it's got some cool like loops and things that you can drive through which has cross traffic that can block cars in some other ways so that's just kind of cool and then added in some more skills so the skills i talked about earlier where each car will be randomly assigned a skill at the beginning of the game that kind of tweaks one slight rule of that car um, as it's being played typically when it's activated, et cetera. Um, and then there's more recently the Wild Ride expansion for Downforce, which added in two new maps, so another double-sided uh, map, and then also um, some other mechanics that are kind of cool. Um, so the two maps, one offers jumps, where it's kind of like if you're playing Mario Kart, which, hold on to that phrase for a minute, where like some cars might go to one path, another path they might like try to go up a ramp and do a special jump. So it has, one of the maps has jumps in it where you have to be going a minimum speed to go off of it. And it kind of lets you go like jump over parts of the track. And then the other side is a more safari one and actually has elephants and snakes and some other things on the board. And when somebody passes them, just like the betting line, it'll move to the next spot. So you have these animals that are being dodged that are running through the actual course during the game. So it kind of makes some different choke points and some other interplay that is not other players. So that's just kind of cool, kind of a twist on the board being static and now it's actually dynamic um, and opens up, obviously, if, the, if they move down, right? Opens up the track for players who are further behind. And so it has, it creates sometimes an even tighter race in a very cool way. Um, there's also a couple of variants of play. And th I'm gonna, these are some things I've been actually hinting at throughout this video. Um, so one is the playing a series of all the maps. So there are some variations you can find to actually seed a competition in which you are race, like racing map after map after map and you keep the same car and powers or maybe draft a new power. Um, just so, some variations for this. And then you add up your scores from all six of the maps, and then that's your total score. Because essentially it's a way to do like an actual NASCAR World Cup, which is kind of cool. Um, so I've been wanting to do that. I have not been able to do that yet, but that is definitely something I am highly interested in. Um, and a couple other ways you can play is I saw a variation, so this is by BGG user Dubla, um, where they play like to play simultaneous card play, where you will look at your hand of cards and you'll pick one of them that you want and you'll put it down in front of you. And starting with the first person, they'll flip over their card, execute it. Then the next person will flip over their card and execute it. So this way you're not having that 
thinking about the current board state when you make the decision. It's kind of like a more of a programming game where you're going to program and then it's going to be like, oh, no. Um, but it was like, what were you wanting to do? Or what would you think was maybe be your advantage? And so it just could bring out some other cool um, other cool actions of play. Uh, but again, that is a 100% BGG like just recommended variant by some players out there into the wilderness. Um, there's another variation of play that honestly I've been working towards collecting for. I just got to find all the pieces and that is playing downforce as Mario Kart. Um, so people have been going out wonderful, wonderful humans on BGG and finding the different cars from Mario Kart because for some cool reason, They've been actually producing the different cars. So with Mario driving, with Bowser driving, with Koopa, which by the way, I was always a uh, Koopa driver. Um, it's just what I went for in Mario Kart often. And then Shy Guy sometimes. Um, but you can actually do this. And then some fans have even created like a deck of question mark cards. because if And as you cross a betting line, you get to then get a question mark card with some sort of power that you can then play for a one-time effect like an item in Mario Kart. And some people even do multiple laps. Uh, it's just really cool kind of what some of the fans have come up with for Downforce. Um, so I am trying to put together a Mario Kart version uh, so that way i can have all those cards because plus it'd just be cool to play regular downforce but with mario kart cars and the cars are about the same size so they'll fit in all the boxes which is perfect um so i like the fact that they thought of that of like does this fit a hot wheels car um so on bg stats um not bg stats but on bgg the stats for this game the weight is a 1.75 out of 5 so it is definitely more in that gateway range which should be no surprise by now in this recording um but yeah so this is just a really really fun game every time i've gotten to play it now it might not be for every group but you know what it has been really good for ours um so my overall thoughts is that downforce has made some really cool positive nights for us it's helped introduce uh, gaming to some new people who hadn't necessarily done that i have brought it to game day and played it with some individuals like hey i saw this meetup on meetup.com thought i'd come check out board games i like monopoly and we're like okay let's start with this and they got into it once it started to click for them they they're like it was no problem to play it all and so it was a really good introduction for what games can do and so it seemed to work pretty well uh, my uh, overall thoughts though also are that it can get somewhat samey when you've played it so many times, but so does many games. But even though I've played it so many times, I still want to play it again because who knows how that new dynamic will, will work out. And I do tend to try and play this one. I'm at the higher player counts because there's more variability and it's kind of just cool to have a racing night with some people. So that is kind of where I personally like to play it. I think it shines personally in that highest player count. So that's six player count. Uh, but I've also had a lot of fun at four five and six and I've had it. I've also played it three player on board game arena. So in closing, Downforce, y'all. I highly recommend checking it out. If you can and have access to Board Game Arena, do not miss that opportunity. Again, if you want to play me, I'll race you in Downforce. Bring it on. Um, we can totally do that. Um, so reach out to me and we'll set up a table to play asynchronously. Um, so over like turn-based via email um, through Board Game Arena, I'd be so happy to do that. And so with that, I'm going to bring this episode of Board Game Impact to a close. And I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode and downloading all the other episodes and helping us 
break that 9,000 downloads. I cannot say thank you enough for all of that. It's been a truly humbling experience to get notified from our podcast host that, hey, you just broke another thousand. Y'all, that's incredible. Um, And it wouldn't be without you. And so we do this to help the board game hobby by sharing our experiences, but literally we do this for you. And so I'm thankful that you have been enjoying this and downloading it. And so with that, if you ever want us to talk about any games in particular on the show or ask feedback about different things, reach out to us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, all the places. But you can also email questions into the show by emailing boardgameimpact at gmail.com. I'll go directly to me and I would love to see your thoughts um, and, and to hear about some of the things that you would like to, for us to talk about on the show. And so thank you again for helping us reach more than 9,000 downloads. Make sure to check out the Tabletop Alliance fundraiser. Again, the link, direct link to that is in the show notes of this episode on your podcast platform uh, because we're doing some really cool things on a voluntary basis over there uh, to help raise gaming into schools, libraries, and community programs. And we have a goal of reaching more than 10,000 students by the end of this year. And we're really close, y'all, actually. We're at 8,700. Um, and so with your support, we can potentially even get over 10,000, which would just be so amazing. Um, it's just kind of ironic that we're both kind of at the 9,000 mark. It's just, uh, life happens in cool, fun ways. Uh, so make sure to follow on all the social media. Tell a friend about Board Game Impact so that they can also learn about some cool games that are going on in our com- wonderful community. And until next time, go make your positive impact on the world. <laughs>